do all his com- love you we bless you and we exalt you lord higher than anything on this earth we bless you now father i ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today and lord i'm asking that you would just give us your word we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way spiritually mentally physically and we want everything we want wholeness from you and you know we know that you want it for us and we thank and praise you and we give you all the honor and glory in jesus name and holy spirit you're welcomed in this place all the time amen and praise god well there is hope for the lukewarm church amen once you turn to revelations we're going back into the last book of the bible revelations one hallelujah amen now it starts off with john talks about being caught up in this vision amen and he was saying that the lord grabbed him up and it really the scripture says i was in the spirit on the lord's day amen and of course that's a song and we've heard it before but it's so wonderful when that happens because you hear completely and concisely what the lord has to say amen and so um, john was spoken to by the lord for some direction for the church for the seven churches amen and so i just wanted to go um in revelations one i think in verse 10 i just want to read that right quick to you hallelujah and it says i was in the spirit on the lord's day and i heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet saying i am alpha and omega the first and the last and what you see write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in asia to ephesus to uh what is that smyrna to pergamos to fire say that again Thyatira, amen i don't know why i can't get this together to sardis to philadelphia and to laodicea and he says make a book and give them a message for me amen because how many of you know that god corrects those that he loves amen most people don't want to hear when they're doing something wrong but it's a blessing amen the bible says that when the righteous smite you you know you need to give them some money (laughs) amen Amen. hallelujah because it's better to be warned than to get in big trouble things that can't be uh changed you know by any human hands you know because it's it's easy to get in trouble and hard to get out of it amen but god hallelujah but god amen so the first uh let's flip over to chapter two i just wanted to read that introduction to you but chapter two and it's in verse one it says to the angel of the church of ephesus and it's this is the loveless church so uh paul uh, i'm sorry james john gave all of the churches a name because this is what jesus called them this is what he saw he summed it all up and he said the church of ephesus i see the the loveless church and it says these things say he who holds the seven stars 
in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. Can I hear anything in the crowd? (laughs) And have found them liars. And you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Amen. So when you leave your first love, all that other love is just fake. Amen. Hallelujah. They, they left their first love, and this is what the Lord saw, and he wanted to give them a warning. Hallelujah. And he is saying, repent. Amen. And do the first works. In other words, do what's important. Do what the church has been um, instructed to do. Operating your authority. But instead, they, you know, got angry, I believe. You know, you get angry at all these false prophets. I heard somebody talking the other day and saying these false prophets come and they prophesy wrong and they prophesy doom and gloom, which is not of God. And then they make it bad for the true prophets. And there's an anger. It may be a little bit of, of a righteous anger, but there's an anger there. But if you keep putting up with this stuff and keep looking and dealing with what people in the church does, all churches, you know, not all of them are bad. I'm just saying there's always a few in the crowd that's going to do something that's not right. But you can get a little discouraged. And so I think this is why John was instructed to speak to the church. Amen. But he says, you're a loveless church because you have failed to <clears throat> to love the one that you should love. You lost you left your first love. Amen. And so he warned them and he and it's get to the important things and don't pay attention to those that are doing wrong. Amen. You can't look at that. Amen. That was the first letter. The second letter is in Revelations two ten. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go there. 2, verse 10. And this letter was to the persecuted church and to the angel of the church in Samarina. And this letter writes, These things say the first and the last, who was dead and who come to life. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of who those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Verse 10 says, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. Now, don't forget, this is the persecuted church. So we can attest to this. Amen? We hear and we get taught on the persecuted church once a month. And it says that you may be thrown in prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. It says, but be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. In other words, he looked at the persecuted church as the victors. Amen. 
Hallelujah. The third letter is in Revelation 2.16. Let's drop down to 16. And um, let's see. This third letter was talking about the Pergamos, Church of Pergamos. And, and the Lord was saying to them to repent. Oh, quickly I will come to you and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Is that in 2.16? Okay, repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Hallelujah. The fourth letter. It's in 2.20. And it's the corrupt church. Hallelujah. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, it says, write, These things say the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like brass. I know your works, love, your service, your faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And if I gave her time to repent, <clears throat> notice this, and I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. You see how God is so merciful? He's given these people a chance to repent. Amen. Verse 23, I will kill her children with death and all the churches. She'll know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. That's real scary. In other words, if you're innocent, because, you know, some people are in the churches are really trying to do something in here, these false leaders, you know, and they don't want to come against them. And they look and they see that they're doing wrong. And instead of leaving, they just stay there. Amen. They just stay there. Verse 24 says, Now to you, I say, and to the rest of Thyatira. I know that's not how you say it. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> okay. It says, As many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast to what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Hallelujah. Let's see which one. That was number four. The letter number five went to the dead church. Amen. And that's the church um, of Sardis. And so the thing here is God wanted them to encourage themselves in the Lord. Amen. And stop being stagnant. He says, you were dead, church. Stop being stagnant. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see. Verse 1, and to the angel of the church in Sardis writes, these things 
Say, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works that you have a name, that you are alive. Okay, now they had a name that they were alive, but you are dead. You know how some churches have these, I'm not even going to say, but y'all know the names. And it's always like something catchy, but it's bad that it's not true. See, they, they look, they try to ride on that name. Amen. But God is saying, and you notice this is written in red. And he is saying, look, you have a name that says you're alive, but you're really stagnant. Amen. Hallelujah. And he says in verse 2, he says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are, uh, that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a new name, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Amen. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garment, and I will not blot out this name, his name, and I will not blot out uh, his name from the book of life. But I will content, confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Amen. He who have an ear, let him hear. Amen. Let's see. He, was, he wanted them to encourage themselves in the Lord, which shows hope. The sixth letter is in Revelation 3, if we flip over, verse 7. And it says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia writes, These things say, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. And that name David means authority. He says, He who opens and no one shuts. And shuts and no one open. Amen. He says, I know your works. This And don't forget, this is the faith. I'm sorry, did I tell you this is the faithful church? Hey. <laughs> Let me remind you. This is the faithful church. Hallelujah. They have the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts. And shuts and no one opens. You see, no one can come against you. No foe can stand against you when you do right. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this is Jesus' words. It ought to convince you. Hallelujah. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet, and to know that I have loved you, because you have kept my command to perverse from perver wait a minute to perverse. I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon you. The whole wait a minute, which shall come upon you the whole world to test those. Who dwell on the earth? It says, Behold, I am coming quickly, hold fast, that you have that you have that one thing 
that may take your crown. Amen. Did I read that right? All right. We're going to say yes anyway. (laughs) He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. And I'm going to remind you that's the faithful church. There's, that's the sixth. Now, there's one more letter, and that's the seventh letter, and that's to the, the lukewarm church of Laodicea. And it says here in verse 15, well, let's go to 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things say the amen and faithful um, and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are a wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich in white garment. In other words, righteous. See, they this church, I should say, of Lidocia, whatever, um, they were big on manufacturing wool, clothing, um, and they were bankers. And this is why they was telling Jesus, we're rich. You know, we have everything. We have no need for this or that. And he, and this is why he told them, you are rich, but you have nothing. You've become wealthy, but you're in need. Amen. You're miserable, poor, and blind. And so, uh, okay, and then it says, I'll read 18 again. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. See, you're rich when you're refined and you come out as pure gold. That's the gold we need, not the gold they had. Amen. And white garment, you know, or white raiment uh, symbolizing righteousness. And they were in the garment business. Amen. But see, didn't God talk to us in all kind of ways? He was speaking to that church from day one. You know, that's where their strength was, you know, um, uh, manufacturing garments. But they didn't have the garment of praise on them. Amen. And they were bankers, and they, they were rich in the natural, but not rich in who they were in Christ Jesus. Amen. They didn't come through as pure gold. They didn't have the richness of their souls. Amen. Because they needed to be cleansed. And that's why he said, come and get in the refiner's fire. Amen. And so he was trying to, you know, God speak to us one first one way and then another, but they didn't get it. Because they were too busy being fake. Amen. That's what the lukewarm church is. They're not, they're not true. You know, they, they have two faces. Amen. And so this is what um, I believe angered the Lord so much about this one particular church. Because if you study and if you've heard, um, you know, the, the different teachings, 
They always talked about the, the lukewarm church, worst of all, because God says, I wish you would be hot or cold. But to be lukewarm, he says, I spew you out of my mouth. Amen. And so, it's, um, in other words, God does not like, like it when people are pretending to be something. It's like be bold enough to be who you are. Amen. If you, don't, if you want to stand for something, take a stand. Amen. But don't pretend like you're doing one thing when you're doing another. And so this church of Laodicea, Laodicea, they needed the Lord in the worst way because they had money. And they thought that they had the things that mattered so much. But the Lord knew that they didn't have what they so much needed. Amen. Hallelujah. See, all the time when you have stuff and things, doesn't mean God is with you because you can get that in the natural. Amen. But let's let's keep going. I made some uh, notes that I want to read you in between. Is that word vomit? You know I had to look that up. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth, and that means to vomit you out. And that means, vomit means to eject, to eject matter from the stomach through the mouth, to spew, to heave, to gag, to get, to get sick. So in other words, this church made God sick, to barf, to regurgitate, to puke, to lose, amen, to emit. And this word I like to purge because this word, he says, I will purge you. And this can be two, have two meetings. The one meaning of purge is ejection, to uh, exclude or exclusion, uh, to evict, to dismiss, or to uh, eradication, removal. And purge can also mean to rid, to cleanse, to clear, and to wash, because that's what they needed. He wanted to purge them out of his mouth, but they needed to be cleansed. Amen. Let's see. I'll read it again. And it's the other meaning of purge, to rid, to cleanse, to clear, and to wash. He wanted to purge them from their sinful double-mindedness. Amen. You're lukewarm. He says spiritually useless. So in other words, when you're lukewarm, you're spiritually useless. I will reject you with disgust because you say I am rich and have... um, you have proposed and what is that prospered you've prospered and grown wealthy and so they says i'm rich but they didn't have the richness that they needed in jesus christ amen they said um, they told god we have need of nothing but you are wretched he says and miserable and poor and blind and naked without hope and in great need he says this so repent Amen. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart, and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them. In other words, and him with me, and you will be restored. So God is never, whenever he's um, showing us something that we need to do to improve what we are, who we are, Whatever it is, he always gives us hope. Amen. So he says, uh, he's standing at the door of our hearts and he knocks. 
And so he, all he wants these people to do is answer that knock, answer the call. Amen. He who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, he says, I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me on the throne because I sit on the right hand of my Father, making intercession for you. And so God has given this church, this lukewarm church, the invitation to get saved and come and sit on the right hand of the Father with Jesus until that time. Amen. But, you know, of course, they like their stuff. And he, and this is why the Bible is saying, go and sell everything that you have and come back and, and, and serve me. And the rich young uh, steward went away in tears. Amen. Because it's hard for some people to make that comparison. Amen. Most people want both, so we think, but when we get it, we usually let one go and cater to the other. And so the Bible says it's hard to serve two masters. You'll love one and hate the other. And this is a good example of why these people did not repent, amen, because they wanted to hold on to the money that they had they had, had and the good living and the good fortune. Not that you can't have both. You can have both. When you make one your God, when you make money your God, it's hard to have God too, the real God, because you won't want him anymore. And this is what Jesus is explaining. Amen. Amen. He says, I counsel you to buy uh, from me gold that has been heated, red hot, and refined by the fire, so that you may become truly rich. Amen. And white clothes representing righteousness to clothe you so that the shame of your nakedness will not be seen. Healing, this healing salve. And this company, it was a good, this city also made healing salve. It was for um, eyes that had de- uh, defect, you know, people who were going blind, people who had disease in their eyes. This company made the salve to go in the eyes to treat the eyes of people who uh, had eye disease in their eyes. And see, but I think God was trying, he gave them all of these businesses and all of these abilities to show them what they needed. Now, they couldn't see. They were blind. But yet they manufactured this tar that people use to put in their eye to heal eye disease. Are y'all following me today? Amen. And so God speaks to us in so many different ways, but some just do not hear. Sometimes we hear, but we don't want to make changes because we think we're going to have to give up something in the natural, which we, we will. But see, the thing about it is you have to be willing. You need to be willing to give up and do whatever it is that you need to do to get more of God. Because when you, amen, when you make the comparison, what are you going to do? Are you going to choose, I don't want to get too deep today, okay? But do you want to choose lawlessness, sex, whatever it is, money over Christ? Amen. And so these are the things that I think the Lord was unhappy with with these churches, these seven churches. And so he felt a need to give them a message through John so that they would repent because there's hope for the lukewarm church. There's hope for all of these churches, amen? But when you're in a church and you know that there's things not right, you know, you need to pray 
And you need to ask God what it is that you're there for. And if he's put you there for a purpose, be about doing what God told you to do. Amen? Hallelujah. So if he wants you to repent, give up whatever it is, give that up for the Lord. Because there is hope for the, amen, there's hope. Hallelujah. Just do what what we need to do. And this, this church was not, the lukewarm church was not willing to give up the things that they like. Amen. I think the thing that they did most is they were a double-minded and they had two faces. You understand? See, they were amen, hallelujah in the church, and then they had a different life out there in the world. Amen. There was two, two uh, lives that they were living. Amen. So they needed to see. Jesus told them that they needed to have eyes to see. Amen. Although this is what they helped in the natural, they helped people to see, but they couldn't see spiritually. Uh, amen. They couldn't wear a right, a white, <laughs> a white raiment, you know, of righteousness. But this is what they did in the natural. They made clothing, you know. And so it was so funny to me that God had been speaking to those people for many, many years, and they never picked up what God was saying to them. Amen. Hallelujah. Cold, and this is something about hot and cold, and this this is out of the, the mouths of, of the Lord. Cold springs are refreshing. Hot mineral springs are uh, medicinal, you know, like pot, medicinal. But lukewarm is nauseating. In other words, he was saying, he was putting emphasis on that lukewarm. He says, I can deal with any other kind of water, hot, cold. I'll find a purpose for those things. But lukewarm I have no purpose for lukewarm for lukewarm water. Amen. Hallelujah. It's nauseating. He said, "Try drinking lukewarm water." Uh, y'all have y'all ever tasted lukewarm water? Amen. It's not easy to swallow. Laodicea uh, was noted for all of the, especially banking, and they, that's why they said we're rich. This is why they didn't have a need for God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God was just letting them know that there's, um, there's a way that he's been speaking to them to try to let them know what they need to do for years, and they never saw it. Amen. But and this is why uh, each letter ended with, he who has an ear, let him hear. Amen. God is saying to the lukewarm church, he's saying that your hearts are not right, that you're a sellout. That you need to be all in. I think I'm going to be saying that from now on for a while. Hallelujah. I'm tired of the part-time church. I'm tired of part of you. I want all of you. Amen. It says, give me your heart. See, when you haven't given God your heart, you haven't given him all of you. He wants your heart. Amen. And so he calls them sellout instead of being sold out to Christ. Amen. There, it says, in your hearts you've sell, sold out instead of selling out to Christ. And this is what he wanted. Hallelujah. Playing games, not all in, stealing money, doing drugs. He says, is it better than Christ? No, it's not. Amen. Nothing is better than Christ. He says you need to be washed in the water by the word. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians 5, and we're going to 
learn a little bit more about the lukewarm church. Ephesians 5. Hallelujah. You know, God likes to warn his people, and I'm so thankful that he warns us so that we can repent. And all he wants us to do is repent so that we can get all that there is to be gotten from him, and it's nothing but blessings. Amen. God wants to bless us, but he can't bless you when you're in error. Ephesians 5, verse 24. Hallelujah. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, wait, let's just go back to 23. It says, For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Are y'all here? Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be uh, to their own husband in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ has also loved the church and gave himself for her. Amen. By guiding her. Amen. By protection, protecting her. It says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she would be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their wives, love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You know, a man that doesn't love his wife hates himself. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says here in 29, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So now this, this uh, analogy of the husband and wife is the Christ in the church. Amen. And so this lukewarm church didn't, just needed to be washed by her husband. Amen. Washed by the water of the word. But you have to submit to that washing. You know, any man can tell you that it's bad to have a non-submissive wife. You usually end up in divorce court. And so the church, this lukewarm church, all God wanted them to do is submit to him, submit to his authority, and more than anything, submit to his love and his encouragement. But they wanted to get it elsewhere. They thought that their, um, their encouragement was in money and things and stuff. Amen. Because they had everything, because it was a prosperous city and a prosperous church, they felt like they didn't need the love of God. Amen? So they operated poorly because they didn't have everything that they needed to be whole. We need the love of God to be whole. Amen? We need everything that God has, whether we feel like it or not. But we need everything that God has for us to be whole. Amen? And so this is why this marriage covenant is in here. Amen? It's to show us the, the love that Christ has for the church. And he will give, he gave himself for us on the cross. He gave himself for us. Amen. Hallelujah. So in verse 29, it says, For no one ever hated his own flesh. I read that. Let's go to 30. For, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Hallelujah. For this reason a man shall leave father and mother, Cleave to the wife, and the two shall be one flesh. 
This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Amen. And so that always gets people confused, but us married people know the difference. Amen. Hallelujah. So how would a church ever do what it was supposed to do by God? How would a, the lukewarm church ever change and preach the gospel and be a light in a dark place? Your works or your fruit speaks for you. See, the lukewarm church thought that they could fool the God, fool Christ because they fooled people. Because they had that outward appearance of power and love and a sound mind. They had that outward appearance of a working church. But on the inside, they were empty. And God knew the difference. And it was time for him to speak to them accordingly. Amen. So that, that he could show his great love for them by offering repentance to them and offering them the door to his heart. All he wanted was to have a personal relationship with the church. Amen. He wanted them to do the things that he sent them to do, and that was to preach the gospel and to be a light in a dark place. Hallelujah. So let's see. Let's go to, um, did I finish that? Y'all don't know. I didn't. Where am I at? 33. I said, this is a great mystery. And 33, nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Amen. Then chapter 6 talks about children obey your parents in the Lord for it's right. I'm just going to read the rest of it. <laughs> Honor your father and mother, <laughs> which is the first commandment with a promise. And this is the promise, that it will be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Amen. Amen. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. That means father and mother. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Amen. We were too close not to read that. Amen. Y'all young folks. <laughs> Let's go to Romans 2. Yeah, everybody respect and love everybody. And it's not hard to do. Amen. Romans 2. You know, you love people as unto the Lord. You do everything as unto the Lord. You know, you don't start telling people what somebody did to you back in 2010. You're loving people, you're respecting people as unto God, not to make them happy. Amen? But when you please God, you'll make everybody happy. You'll make yourself happy too. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, Romans 2, verse 8. And it's talking about God's righteous judgment. And it says, But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jews first and also of the Greek. Amen. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good. To the Jews first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality in Christ. Amen. 
I was looking for a scripture that talked about selfish ambition and self-seeking and disobedience, you know, will lead to wrath. Amen. <clears throat> but um, there will be tribulation and anguish for those who are of the lukewarm church. Amen. Hallelujah. There's just, it's just too much at stake. Amen. It says you are self-seeking and ambitious. And it says, and disobedient to the truth. And you have no sense of right and wrong. And I think this is why God wanted to send these letters, to get everybody back on track. Amen. The lukewarm church is unfaithful and have no good works. In other words, their works speak for them. Their fruit speaks for them. Amen. So you can have a covering, but and, and you can convince people of who you are by what you say and what you do. But when you are in the presence of people, your fruit speaks. The Bible says your fruit speaks for you. Because at some point, the lukewarmness wears away and all, you, all people see is you. And it's an easy fix. All you have to do is repent. Just repent. Amen. It's an easy fix. And there's nobody that God will turn away because we just read that there's no partiality in Christ. Amen. But isn't it tragic when everybody in the church goes that way? See, there can be two or three or whatever in a, in a big church. But when the whole church goes the wrong way, whatever wrong way they're going, it, it's time God steps in. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember when we were in a church and they were totally going the wrong way. God sent a prophet there and everything got exposed. But see, God will beckon to your heart before those extreme measures are taken. And he'll do it if he has to. But he'll speak to you through the preaching and the teaching of the word. And I'm telling you, by the time you get the word, you say, oh, you know what? I need to repent because I'm messed up, you know. But, you know, if, if people are hard and don't want to repent and don't believe about that fat meat, amen, then he'll send in, you know, amen. Because, see, God loves his people. He doesn't want to judge us. <clears throat> he doesn't want to judge us. And he doesn't want harshness to his people. He loves us. And he all, all he wants us to do is stand back and get it right. Amen. <clears throat> and so he doesn't want to bring harshness to the church, to any church. All he wants us to do is look at the error of our ways and repent so we can go on and do the work of him that sent us. Amen. That's all he wants. But people take it, we all take it so personally, amen? But we really shouldn't because, you know, when didn't we say this yesterday? When the righteous smite you, it's, you need to give them some money. Did I say that? You know, and so, you know, it's, it's a good thing for God to expose you in a crowd. Are y'all here? Amen. And go to the secret place and repent. Amen. But it's something about the lukewarm church. God says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. I can deal with that. But to be lukewarm, in other words, to pretend like you're something you're not. God says, I have a problem with that. Amen? And so, but there is hope for the lukewarm church. There is hope 
because God offers us. He says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock, and will you let me in? Amen? It's very simple to just change your ways and let him in. I don't think we finished this. Did I do uh, verse 9 of Romans 2? Were you here? Okay, I did verse 9. Okay, let's go to verse 10. It says, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good. To the Jews first. Oh, I read that, that there's no partiality. Okay. All right, so I, I misjudged you. All right, let's go to James 2. James 2. Amen. Y'all worked me too hard yesterday. I don't know what I'm doing today, okay? James 2.14. And it talks about faith without works. Amen. See, your works tell who you are. If you have faith and no works, it's really not faith. Amen. When you have true faith, your true faith will cause you to have a corresponding action, and you'll do something in the natural to solidify your faith. Amen. Something that God will see that you have to let him know you truly have faith. Amen. And when you have this faith, or when your faith reaches that place where it's supposed to be, it moves mountains. Or in other words, it changes things in the natural. And so the lukewarm church, of course, didn't operate in faith. So let's go to James 2.14, and I'll read, and it says, What does it profit, my brethren? Someone says he has faith but does not have works. Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute for daily food, and one of you says to him, Depart in peace, be warm and feel, but you do not give them the things which they need for the body, what does it profit? See, in other words, your what you do in the natural speaks who you are on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says in, let's see, in verse 17, uh, thus also faith by itself, it is do, if it does not have works, it's dead. Amen. In other words, faith, your faith needs something to help it. It needs a helper. Amen. And if your faith is just out there and it doesn't have anything to help it or to strengthen it or uh, something to, like a foundation. Because if your faith has a foundation, it will cause some things to happen in the natural. Amen. It's just, it's almost like science, but it ain't science. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so if your faith is operating properly, there's something that you will do in the natural to cause your faith to be moved, to cause things to happen in the natural. And so that's what this, this scripture is saying. And I need it in the Amplified. I'll get it in the Amplified. I'm on my own today. Oh, you already got it? Okay. Thank you. It says, what is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has, has no good works as evidence? Can, you, can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. Genuine, genuine faith produces good works. If a brother or sister is without adequate clothing and lack, enough food for each day, and one of you says to them, go in peace with my blessing, Keep warm 
and feed yourselves, but he does not give them necessities for the body, what good does that all do? So too, faith is faith. So too, faith, if it does not have works to back it up, is by itself dead. It's inoperative and ineffective. Amen. It says, but someone may say, you claim to have faith and have, and I have goods, good works. Show me your alleged faith without the works, if you can, and I will show you my faith by my, by my works, that is, by what I do. You believe that God is one. You do well to believe that. The demons also believe that. And stud and shudder and bristle in awe-filled terror. They have seen his wrath. But you are willing to recognize, you who are willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritual, shallow person. I didn't say that. The Amplified did. It says, that faith without good works is useless. Amen. Was our father Abraham not shown to be justified by works? Let's see. Works of obedience which expressed his faith when he offered Isaac, his son, on an altar as sacrifice to God. You see that his faith was working together with his works. And as a result of the works, his faith was completed, reaching its maturity when he expressed his faith through obedience. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God. And this faith was credited to him or accounted to him as righteousness and as conformity to his will. And he, um, where am I at? And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man believe, believer is justified by works and not by faith alone. Amen. So I'm going to stop right there because I'll be reading all day. Thank you. I might need one more scripture, so just keep keep following me and then I'll, I'll get it. Amen. So in other words, this is what the Lord wanted to tell this church of disobedience. Stop going the same, two different ways. Start going one way. Amen. Stop going both ways. It says, stop following every wind and wave of doctrine. Amen. The wind blows all ways. And stop playing the middle road. Amen. You know, dancing with Mr. In-Between. says, you need to do the work of the ministry wholeheartedly. And see, this is the thing for, the, for, the, uh, for this church. It, they, they didn't do anything with the whole heart. Are y'all here? Amen. They did not do anything with the whole heart. They just did. Have you ever just did something because you knew you had to do it, but in the, inside you didn't want to do it? Well, that's how they were every day. They didn't want to do anything that God wanted them to do. They just went through the motions. That's what I'm trying to say. And see, at some point that catches up with you when you're just going through the motions. Amen. Just trying to smile your way through, but your heart ain't right. And so God is saying to those people who are that way, you need to repent. Amen. And he says, come boldly to his throne of grace where you can make need, make known your need. 
so that he can change you and get a personal relationship with you so that you can enjoy every day that you live in Christ Jesus. Amen? Because there's a lot of fun that you can have. You, you know, there's wholeness. You know, you need to be whole. When you are whole, when you go to God and you do things because you love God, not because you're being pressed to do it, amen, you, you, there's so many benefits. Then you get back to your benefits package, amen, and you start to live out of the promises of God, amen, and not living out of unbelief. See, the lukewarm church were unbelievers in their hearts. They were religious, amen. Hallelujah. You know, those they were Pharisees, and they had nothing real about them but what was tangible, but nothing spiritual, because they wouldn't allow the love of God to enter into their hearts, because they were afraid, afraid of the anointing, afraid of submission. Mostly, I think, it was afraid of submitting to the power of God. Amen. In fact, they fought against the power of God. As you know, they hated Jesus with a passion. And they were always trying to catch him in something, so suspicious of everything he did. Even when he went around doing good, and that's what Jesus did for the, the, the duration of his ministry, the Bible says he went around doing good, performing miracles and helping people and blessing people and healing those who needed to be healed. But they saw nothing good in him because there's something on the inside of the lukewarm church and the Pharisees that righteousness just gripped them. You understand? Something just didn't feel right about righteousness. Amen. And so they wanted to have all the power, and they wanted to do everything in the natural, but they had no power. And so you can't have it two ways. Amen. And so what they did is they just pushed back from God and did all of this, the things that people look for in the natural. I mean, you can probably really go to a lukewarm church and have a good time. You understand what I'm saying? But not for a long duration because there's no power. There's no authority. Amen. There's a lot of restriction and a lot of form and it's a lot of religion. Amen. But there's nothing that can heal you of any disease. Amen. And there's churches that are having services, big services, a lot of people, and they don't even have an altar call. Because they know, but they know where to go. Go over to the little church over there where those people pray and get your healing. I'm thankful that people do it. Amen. I'm thankful that they have sense enough to go and get what they need. Because they won't get it there, not at, with the lukewarm church. Lukewarm church don't even want to open up the Bible and give you a scripture. You can't read along, you know, and learn as you go. You know, you take their word for it because they're not going to step you into the word. Amen? Because most of them don't have a Bible. They have it. They hold it up. They make a declaration, and they're done. Amen? And so you have to have Bible study at home. When you go home, you go over the scriptures you wrote down, and you have church at home. That's just the truth. Amen. I know it's not pleasant, but this is just what's happening all over the world. And this is why I've heard people say, we're going to go back to home churches. 
in small gatherings because you can really get to know God like that. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm just preaching the word. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm going to keep on going. Hallelujah. I feel you. <laughs> Amen. This lukewarm, this lukewarm church had a fake image. Amen. Hallelujah. They didn't do the work of the ministry. <clears throat> but they were compromisers. And they didn't do anything well. And this is what the, the uh, Amplified said. If you look in there and the paraphrase, it says, you're compromisers, you don't do nothing right. Amen. I mean, this is not me. Amen. The double-mindedness plays a part of the Christian lukewarm church. Amen. They believe one thing one, t- one day, and then they're on to something different. When they hear a, a good message from somebody, they jump on that. But nobody knows God for themselves. Why? Because they put things before the, the power of God. Amen. They put things before relationship. And this is what God wants. All he wanted was some repentance so that he could know these people uh, in a personal way. And they didn't want that because they knew that they would have to give some time to God. And they didn't have time for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Lukewarm is, is the most miserable of the seven churches. It was the lukewarm church was the most miserable. Amen. Eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. What kind of fun is that? Amen. In other words, they had nothing to look forward to but their phoniness. Amen. It's getting real quiet in this Presbyterian church. Amen. Playing around with sin is what they really did. Playing around with sin. But there's hope. Amen. There's hope. You have, they had wrong hearts. And they were seriously blind. Amen. But God is saying, whatever you do, even if you backslide, do it well. (laughs) Amen. But they didn't do it well. Amen. Because, see, they were too superstitious to go over there too far. Nah, I better not do that. And so I better stay right here in the middle of the road where they thought it was a safe place. Amen. And so they didn't want to make choices. How many of you ever seen people who don't want to take responsibility? They can't make a decision. You know why? Because they don't want to take responsibility because they'll have nobody else to blame. Amen. Well, I know that didn't go over well, but that's, that's what happens. And so it's like this. If you don't want to do something, or if you do want to do something, do it and take responsibility for it. And don't just do it because somebody else told you to do it. Amen? Because then we get into compromise, and then we get into lukewarmness. And so it's like God is saying, who are you? Who are you really? Amen? Who do you represent? You either represent the devil or God. You can't be in between. Amen? There is no in between. And so people don't want to be responsible to think the way they think. So, therefore, they don't do the things they do. They follow the crowd. Amen. God is still saying, be either hot or cold. Amen. And whatever you do, do it well. But your works give you away. 
Amen. God is saying, grow up and be decided. In other words, you decide, you make a decision how you're going to live your life. Amen. And if you're in a lukewarm church and you want more, go somewhere that has more. Amen. Try the little place where you go to church and get a healing. What's wrong with that place? <laughs> lukewarm Christianity is constantly off the mark. There's never anything on the mark about lukewarm Christianity. Amen. The standard is be on fire. That's the standard. Are y'all here? Excuse me, there's a standard in the church today. (laughs) For those of you that haven't heard, there's a standard. It is to be on fire for God. Amen. To preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. No matter what condition or situation you're in, to be, whether you're abound in the base, to be content in any state you're in. To do the work of the ministry, whether you at work, wherever you are, amen. If God, that opportunity comes, if that door is open, walk through it and get the job done. It'll be a light. It only takes a few minutes, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't try to create opportunities. Don't try to create open doors. But when God opens a door for you, go through that door, amen. And it only takes a few minutes, you know. You can even uh, you can even minister to people by have, not letting the devil have the last word, amen. When he, when he tries to speak doubt and unbelief, which is really witchcraft, then you can come in there with the word of God with that that um, sword of the spirit, and it will annihilate everything that's in the atmosphere that was not right, amen. So when you are lukewarm, you won't take these opportunities. You'll let the devil get away with putting a little bit in here and a little bit in there. Amen. But there's uh, people who don't know who are depending on us to step up and put the word out there and let that be the deciding factor. And guess what? God has to perform on his word. That word that comes out of your mouth in a situation or whatever's going on. God performs on what you say, amen? And that's why we can't afford to be lukewarm. We can't afford to sit by and just watch things happen and then make a decision later whose side you're on. You're either on on the Lord's side or you're on darkness side, amen? But there's no in-between. There's just no in-between. So God is saying to his people, you need to become decided, You need to make a decision. You need to be all in. Amen. You need to decide what side you're on and operate out of that. Amen. If you're going to be on the side of darkness, operate out of that. But if you're going to be on the side of light, operate out of that, but don't try to do both. Amen. Because you won't get anywhere. You won't get anywhere, you know, operating out of darkness, but at least people will know who you are. Amen. You know, but people like to be concealed. Hallelujah. But there is a standard in serving God, and that's to be on fire. To love him. Amen. To just love him. Just be obedient and do what he wants you to do. And because when we do anything other than that, we mislead 
the people in the world. We mislead the sinners. We mislead them. And they don't know which way to go. And if they catch us doing dumb stuff, then they'll think the dumb stuff that they do is okay. And it's not okay. And so we have to live by a standard. And if we're not doing that, we need to repent ourselves and and ask God for another opportunity. Missed uh, opportunities where you see people in the store and you don't know whether you should minister to them or not. That's happened to me. And it's like you want to say something, but you don't know if it's the right time. Well, you know you just don't want to do it. And, but you know those missed opportunities. Did you know you can repent and ask God for another opportunity? Uh, this one girl, I can't remember. She was in Walmart. She hurt herself. Oh, she was having an attack, an asthma attack. I think I told you all about this before. And everybody was crowding around her, and I wanted to pray for her. And she was, they were just hovering over her, and, and I was praying in tongues. And I asked the Lord, I said, if you just give me another chance, And so I just went on to do what I was doing, but this girl stayed on my mind, and I never, they were calling the ambulance when I first came in there, and I never heard a siren, I never, so I went back over there. And sure enough, she was still sitting there, you know, not being able to breathe, and so I went over there, and I said, can I pray for you? And she's looking at me like, and she said, yeah. Finally, and I laid hands on her, and I prayed for her, and then somebody brought her a, what do you call them things, inhaler somebody found one and brought it to her and then she took the inhaler and started her her airway started to open up but i was so thankful that god gave me another chance to get in there because that was a critical situation and and the, the ambulance took so long to come and so this these two ladies that worked there these older women they kept looking and kept looking until they found uh and she looked at it and it was brown. She said, yes, that's, yeah, you know, like, point, that's the one I, I use. And so she took it, and she calmed down. She calmed down after the prayer. But, but when they bought that thing, I was so thankful. Then the ambulance came. Amen. But, you know, sometimes you can't wait on the emergency people. You have to know what to do. Amen. Or be willing to do it. God will react to whatever it is that you do. He'll respond to the things that we do. Amen. But you can't be lukewarm. Lukewarm people don't know what they ought to do. And they usually wind up doing nothing. Amen. They usually wind up doing nothing. Amen. You know, Paul said in his writings, he says, God's grace is sufficient for me. Amen. And it's sufficient for all of us. All we have to do is have a right kind of heart. You know, even if you desire to do what God wants you to do and you don't have the nerve to do it, do you know God will help you? And he'll make opportunities. I call them little personal opportunities where there's nobody there but you and that person. Amen. And you go up there and say, can I lay hands? You know, and then you feel so much better about yourself amen and you really help people amen and see all of this well i'll pray for you that don't mean anything you know god taught me pray now do it now you know and so you know and it makes you feel so useful to god when you're doing his work god has told all of us to do the work of the ministry and it's just little things young teenagers can do it they they do it amen they lay hands on you in a minute 
I remember I wasn't feeling so good one time. Remember J- Jasmine? You laid, Jasmine laid hands on me. She probably don't remember. She's done it so many times. And I'm telling you, that thing lifted off of me. These children would do what you do. Amen. They're going to do what you do. And so don't be lukewarm, even around your family. You know, your children are going to do what you do. Don't be lukewarm around them. You know, lay hands on people. If you need it, pray for them. If you can't pray, if you're at work, call somebody. Can you pray? Amen. But get the job done because this is what we do. Why else are we saved? Why are we saved? Amen. It's not for us. You're saved so that you can help somebody else. Same reason you have prosperity, to bless somebody else. It's not to be greedy. Amen. <laughs> you are prosperous. to You're blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the, 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 uh, the church, what's the name of this church? See, y'all don't even know. <laughs> no. Not. All right, whatever. Okay. The lukewarm church, write that down. Amen. The lukewarm church didn't operate out of opportunity. In fact, they stayed away from people. If you weren't a member, and if you didn't have insurance on your car, and you had to be top-notch insurance, I'm telling you, am I lying? They checked your insurance. You, you park in your spot. If your car is raggedy, you park it on the street. If your car don't have insurance, you don't come into the parking lot. There's many, many churches operating like that. Amen. And so God doesn't want all of that stuff. He just wants you to care about another human being. Amen. Hallelujah. He wants you to think enough of somebody to, to bring them a toy or a gift or, you know, something that shows your heart. Amen. And not keep on going on with these games. God is even tired of the games. I know we ought to be tired. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. And I know y'all not tired because I haven't been up here that long. When's she going to finish? I'm almost finished. 1 Corinthians 15. Just have a couple more things I want to read. And I like to let you read along with me because it ain't my gospel, it's God's. Amen. The gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And hallelujah. The word of God. First Corinthians fifteen one. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, and this is Paul talking, which also you received and in which you stand by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, who, of whom the greater part um, remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep. 
after that, he was seen by James and by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born, one as by one born out of due time. For I am the last of the apostles who, uh, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Uh, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so we believe. Amen. The lukewarm church believed nothing. Amen. They preached a, a sermon in the church and they talked about it. But they didn't believe. Paul says, we preach and therefore we believe. You're supposed to believe what you preach. Amen. See, and this is why, would that make you God mad? If you preach in his word and you're adding on and it's not what you know and understand in your heart. And so this is why he says, don't be lukewarm. He says, if you don't believe it, don't preach it. Paul says, we believe the word of God that we preached. We preached it. And so, therefore, we believe. Amen. Verse 12, let's go down there. It says, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do, you, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection or, or dead? Now, this was a, a topic that came up in the lukewarm church. They didn't believe in the resurrection. Amen. So, uh, it was covered. God covered this in, in his discipline, or I should say his disciplinary action toward the church. And so Paul is addressing that now. He says, how do, you, how do some of you among us say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13 says, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. And yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is fruitful, and you're still in your sins. Amen. See, if he didn't rise, then you ain't haven't been forgiven. Amen. Verse 18. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And that's not what the word says. Hallelujah. Verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiful. In other words, we are miserable if these are the things, you know. But God just wants good work. Anything you do to him is a good work. Amen? Showing love is a good work. Buying somebody a gift is a good work. Saying I love you and mean it, thank you, is a good work. Amen? Whatever you do to show the love of Christ is a good work. Amen? Hallelujah. One more, Isaiah 55.
Isaiah 55. God is beckoning to the to the uh, lukewarm church. He says, come and do business with me. In other words, you need to get with me. Amen. Because I'm the Savior. I, I have what you need. Amen. And he is saying, you need to do business with me. Amen. You need to come by with no money. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go uh, 55 verse 1, I think. It says, Ho, everyone who, who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come by and eat. And see, this is something we need from God. And we know that this is a spiritual thing. You know, if you thirst, you're thirsting for him, you're thirsting for the word. Amen? Hallelujah. You need spiritual food. And this is what it's saying, come and buy with no money. You're buying spiritual food. Amen? That costs you nothing. It says, come by and eat. Yes, come buy wine, milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? Amen. In other words, why do you spend money for carnal things? Amen. And your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. In other words, when it says that does not satisfy, I mean carnal things, stuff. Why do you spend your paycheck on stuff? It can't satisfy you. Amen. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David, indeed, I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you don't, wait a minute. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know. And nations who do not know, you shall run to you, you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. And let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Amen. It says, let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Are y'all here? God says, he will pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts your thoughts. Amen. See, when you, when the, the, the lukewarm church goes so far, they feel like there's no turning back. Amen. God becomes a stranger to them. They don't know his ways, and they think he's some Santa Claus or some entity that they can't reach. But God is saying through Isaiah 55, he is saying, look, he says, I, I come to your door, the door of your heart, and I knock. Come and buy with no money. All you need is me. Come to me, and I can give you spiritual food that will change your life. Amen? And it's free. Just like manna. I'll give you manna from heaven. Amen. And you'll live far better off that than natural things. Hallelujah. Amen. He wants to feed our soul. 
feed our spirit. He just wants us to repent and, and make him a part of your everyday life and stop being fake. Amen. Above all, stop being fake. Amen. Hallelujah. God is saying this. Look, Lucidia, you're in a bad way, but I offer you life. He is offering us life every day. I've not closed the door on you. Amen. Those I love, I discipline. I am a sincere and loving God who is merciful. And I open the doors to you, the, the doors of intimacy. This is the, the cure for the, for the lukewarm church. Is that God has opened the doors of intimacy. And all he wants you to do is decide to, you don't even have to knock on the door. God is knocking on your door, the doors of your heart. All you got to do is let him in. When you let God in, it, it, it um, involves some submission, some humbling. And that's what people don't like. Because they think that by being humble to God that they look weak. Amen. I don't know that. I don't understand that. I really don't. But I know that that's what people think. That it, you know, when it involves some, or I put it like this. Sometimes men think it's weak to cry. And now everybody is doing hugging, you know, men hug. They used to show weakness. Are y'all here? And so sometimes people that don't want to come to God think it's showing weakness, that you need a Savior that you need some forgiveness, that you need some help. Amen? And so don't ever let the devil, see, he, the devil likes that. It's called pride. Amen? But I'm telling you, you get, to, you get in a bad way, you know to cry out to God. But there is hope for the lukewarm church because God says, I am offering you, you know, repentance. And all you have to do is repent and, and make a decision. It's the same thing in your personal life. If you're the type of person that cannot make a decision and always want to ask somebody, and then when it don't, you know, so that if it doesn't work out, you can say, I should have done it this way, and I shouldn't have listened to that person, then that's a person that's not being responsible. Amen? You like to point the finger. And God doesn't want, go to God and ask him what you should do. Amen? Hallelujah. He'll tell you what to do. And see, this is what each person needs to do. Is, and it's called, you know, taking a step forward so that you can have a personal relationship with the Lord. Amen. He loves you just as much as he loves anybody else. He'll tell you the secrets and mysteries of, uh, give you revelation just like he'll give it to anybody else. Amen. You know, there's no lid on. There's God, there's no partiality in God. He don't tell some people some things. And then, now, he tells his secret to the prophets. Amen? But maybe you're one. Have you ever checked to see? God gives gifts and talents to everybody. Amen? And he doesn't exclude anybody. But when you're playing with God, that's humiliating. When you're pretending to be something that you are not. Amen? Repent. Because there's hope for the lukewarm church. Amen. There's hope for lukewarm people who don't want to be come face to face with God. Amen. Are y'all 
understanding what I'm saying? Amen. And God, he loves you just as much as he loves anybody else. Amen. And you can get just as much as anybody else. But you have to open the doors of your heart and repent. Amen. And God will give you the desires of your heart. You deserve to have what you want, just like anybody else. Amen. Hallelujah. Why sit up and watch everybody else get blessed and you don't get yours? But if you're going to let pride stand in your way, you know, why should you always take the leftovers? Amen. Just like that lady, it was, uh, I can't remember the lady, but she's the one that says, I think it's the woman at the well. And she was telling Jesus, you know, even the dogs want to come. That was a Syrophoenician woman. And, and, and she, just, she got tired of the leftovers. She stepped up and said, no, I want this. Amen. Because I deserve to get this now. I may be a dog, but dogs need something too. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so I think they were ceremonial un- ceremonially unclean. But, you know, she got tired of taking the leftovers. But you know what? If repentance will get you a long way, it'll get you everything. It'll get you in the place you need to be to get what you need from God. Amen. And there is hope for the lukewarm church. Amen. Why don't we stop? I know. Father, we just thank you.